Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Chat Soon podcast. My name is Brandon. And I'm Mike. Man, it's been a really long time since we did one of these. Yeah, it has been a really long time. I think I'm thinking that we should kind of change the name to the podcast to chat later instead of chat soon. <laughs> I think I think that's definitely appropriate. It's been eight months since our last episode, and I think we're both pretty excited to finally be doing this again. Yeah, that's a long ass time. So in our first episode back, we're going to be talking about turning points. Brandon and I were brainstorming some topics and there's a bunch of different things that we have planned. And we thought that starting with this topic would kick off our new season with a blast. Yeah, exactly. And the reason for that is because we're basically going to be talking about our turning points in our lives and hope that the stories that we're going to tell you guys are going to be pretty juicy for you guys to listen to. Yeah, I think that our goal with our second season is to be even more relatable than before and make our episodes a little more personal for our listening audience. Whereas in our previous three episodes, I think the topics were quite broad. And although they were relatable, we're trying to be even more personable so that our listeners can get to know us even better. Mm -hmm, Exactly. But I'm not going to try to expose myself too much. I don't know about Mike, though. Oh, I don't know. We're talking about turning points here. So I don't know if you have a choice. That's true. That's true. You are right. Okay. so what is a turning point? Well, what do Mm -hmm. we mean when we say I I would consider to me a turning point would be something that kind of changed the trajectory of your life, at least a little bit. That's pretty much what a turning point is to me. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think that it's just any major event that happened in our life that made our life take a different direction or changed our perspective in a major way. Exactly. So yeah, I was just going to say, don't don't think this is going to be some super serious topic. At least for me, my stories are pretty tame. I don't know about you. <laughs> no, but, but the thing with turning points are that you can only identify them in retrospect. So when you're going through a turning point in your life, you don't realize that you're going through it until you look back and you realize, wow, Wow, that actually impacted me a lot. So a lot of these stories might seem like they're just minor events, but they actually had a really big impact on us. So I think that it'll, it'll be really interesting for all our listeners to hear these stories that we have to tell, and maybe it'll give them some time to reflect on their own turning points in their lives as well. Because I think it's really important that you can identify these events so that you know exactly why you are the way you are today. It plays a lot into your self-identification and understanding who you are. Yeah, I I would have to agree, actually. Now that I think about it, I don't think I've thought about turning points like at all before uh, trying to brainstorm for this podcast. Just taking some time to reflect and thinking about all the major events in your life and things that change your perspective. I think it's it's a great exercise. So why don't we get started? All right. Would you like to... uh... I Would think you, like you should to have start, the honor? Brandon. I think you should start. I we, we got a lot of feedback in the past that I'm way too dominant during these podcasts. So I think that let's switch it up this time and you, you can start with your story first. We're going to go right. in chronological order. Chronological? All right. Okay. If we're going in chronological order, I think my first story is... I think I think, it was, I think this was grade 7 when I was like 12 or 13. So what happened was... Uh, <laughs> Basically, I don't know. I don't think a lot of people know this, but I actually changed my last name when I was in grade seven. What? See, I'm I'm telling you, you you didn't know that either, right? Wait, (laughs) why? Why? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so right now, I think everybody knows, right? My last name is Kwok, K-W-O-K, right? Uh, It used to be from when I was born until when I was grade seven, it used to be Quach. So Q-U-A-C-H. Hey, I Isn't actually, that wild? I actually know someone with that kind of that last name. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, this is the this is the interesting part. 
the the last name is actually the same last name. It's just the way it's spelled is different because Q U A C H is the Vietnamese spelling for this last name, yeah. And K W O K is the Chinese spelling for this last name. And the reason why my last name was Quach until I was grade seven was because my dad was born in Vietnam. That's why. Okay, but why why did you decide to change it though? Because it go you had to go through so much paperwork and all that stuff. Because yeah, exactly. It wasn't my choice, right? Obviously, it was my dad's choice because. Basically, this is his reasoning. Uh, because we're Chinese, right? He wanted to have our last name as a Chinese last name and not a Vietnamese last name, right? So I don't know. I don't know exactly why. Maybe he's maybe he's just a little bit old school. Maybe he's a little bit low key racist. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what right, it is. But, but, but he he was born in Vietnam, but he's Chinese. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so so, so okay. I'm full. I'm full Chinese. I'm full oh, Chinese. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So Holy that's that's basically smokes. what it was. My mind's blown right now. Yeah, I know. A lot of people listening are probably like, oh, what the fuck? This guy had a different last name no, before. Pe- but yeah. pe- people listening are probably think I'm faking my reaction, but I've never heard this before. Yeah, this is genuine. Mike, this is Mike, whack. I don't think Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, it, I don't think I really told this story a lot at all, but uh, this, I think this is crazy when, because yeah, yeah, Brandon always uses his last name in his like usernames. He always uses like Quackerson or like Quacky or whatever, and yeah, <laughs> I just never thought that. I don't know. This is just shocking news to me. You know what's the funny thing though? Even even uh, though these two last names are are pretty different, they they're both related to cocks because Quatch sounds like crotch. And quack sounds like cock. So I guess that's just my identity, dude. I don't know, man. But okay, but okay so how do you think this is a turning point though? Because while this is really cool and interesting fact, but how do you think that this really changed your life? Especially in grade seven. I mean, did you care about it at all? Or I, okay, so yeah, let, let's I'll go back to the story. So I think when when my dad told me that we're gonna change our last name, I was like, yo, what the fuck? No, why? Why are we changing our last name? I was like, I don't care if if if, if uh, changing it to a Chinese last name, blah blah blah, whatever, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. like to me, I was just a stupid ass kid. I was like, okay, wh- why do we have to change it? Why can't we just keep it the same, right? So that was kind of my view on it back then. But then now, I think my opinion has changed, and it actually just wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was. But I think when I think it, it, I put it as a turning point in my life because when people see my last name, right, it's more obvious that I am Chinese, right? I guess. No, right? no, no. So that, I, that I, I guess sense. it kind of plays into like uh, the perception that people have of me, or or what other people think I am, kind of. If that kind of makes sense. So I think now it's just kind of more in line because I'm Chinese. I have a Chinese last name. Kind of makes sense, right? I don't know. I just find this such a cool fact, and the whole thing with you being identified as Chinese with a Chinese last name makes total sense to me. And I think that does have a lasting impact. Yeah. So ba- basically, I think that's that's pretty much what it is. So that's wow. my first story. Wow, you're setting the bar high. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know about that one, man. It's just a last name change. <laughs> you okay? Well, you started in grade seven. I'm yeah. going to take you all the way back to when I was three years old. So Three years old? A, a lot of people might not know this, but mo- most people do. But I was born in China and my parents actually flew here with me when I was three years old. My earliest memory is my parents, when, when they came to Canada, they only had $1,000 to their name. So like in total. Damn, our, our really? Our net worth between three people was 1000 Canadian dollars. That's so, crazy. I didn't, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So we, I still remember we moved to this place near grade two supermarket and we basically stayed in some person's basement for 
I don't even know how long, but like when I was a really young kid, I just remember living really close to grade two supermarket. Before it wasn't even called grade two supermarket. It was called something else. I only know the Chinese name and I, I'm not about to pronounce, butcher that pronunciation. Anyways, <laughs> Wait, where is this area? Grade two supermarket on Kingsway. I, I have no idea what you're talking about, dude. The per, the Purdy's, the Purdy's chocolate. Where's oh, your- you used to live near there? So anyway, so, <laughs> so the turning point isn't actually moving here. The turning point is I remember my earliest memory was going to Metrotown. And back then, Metrotown was like ghetto, okay? And going to Metrotown <laughs> and my parents... Literally had no money. My dad worked at the supermarket in the fish section. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Right? So, so yeah, we, we were really, really poor. But we, we went to, I still, my earliest memory is us going into Nike. And I see this pair of like these gray leather runners. Wait, this is not when you were three years old though, right? No, this is when I was three years old. Oh, it was when you were three years yeah, old? Yeah, this is when I'm three years old. Okay. We went into Nike and my parents literally had no money. And I see this pair of gray tailwinds and I'm like, oh my God, this is so nice. They let me try it on. And I think I was just like super happy with the shoes and they bought it for me. And I remember it was about $80. And I thought that my parents always retell me this story. I don't know if they're trying to guilt trip me, but in all honesty, that like from a very young age, that really made me appreciate immigrants. We always talk about how much, how big of a sacrifice that our parents like made in order to come to Canada and basically start a new life and all all sorts of stuff like that. And I thought that this was a huge turning point in my life because I didn't need to hear all those stories because my earliest memory is of that kind of sacrifice that my parents did from a very young age. And I felt like that ever since then, I've always appreciated my parents so, so much. So I think that, Damn. that's definitely... You know, you know what the craziest part of that story is? What? That you can remember stuff when you were three years old. That's insane, dude. I know. Okay, like <laughs> what? what's really funny is I don't remember anything from like when I was in China as a kid. That was, that's my earliest memory. I don't even remember, really remember living in that basement. Although I do remember, I used to have these beads, the beads that you make like bracelets with. And then I yeah. used to like put them up my nostrils for fun. like as a kid and then like once i think like i snorted it up too high up (laughs) and then my mom like my mom freaked she's like oh my god like you're you're gonna die or something because i had i had a freaking plastic bead up my nose yeah that that's that's my first turning point that's a good story yep what's your next one is my turn now all right okay i think um actually i think my second turning point is is almost in the same time period. So it was basically grade seven again, or going to grade eight, because uh, I, I was supposed to uh, go to John Oliver, but I ended up going to Killarney, where, where I knew like literally zero people, because all my friends uh, from elementary school went to JO, right? Yeah. So it, it, like as a, as a kid, when you're going to a different school where you don't know anybody, and especially when, when I was at that age, I was like, super i don't know I, I don't know how i would describe it i think i was just super nerdy and like not confident at all so i wasn't very good at making friends so it's basically i'm going to a new school where i don't know anybody so back then i i used to think about like oh what if i went to jo uh would i still be friends with my old friends or whatever but then uh it's like when you think about it like in hindsight like this i wouldn't have met you then if i went to jo right i wouldn't have maybe known- everybody that I know right now. So it's it's kind of hard to think about like that. But yeah, 
I think the reason why this is such a big turning point is just because, you know, you're going to a different high school than all your friends. And then it just kind of changes the trajectory of your life. So that's that's kind of why I put this down as a as a turning point in my life. Well, what do you think it would have been like if you went to jail? Because honestly, because let's be real, jail is a pretty, um, pretty interesting school. Yeah, but to be honest, Killarney back in the back in those days was a pretty interesting school as (laughs) well, I would say you're right, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I, the reason why my parents even sent me to Killarney in the first place is because they thought it was Oh, it's probably a good school. But to be honest, I think back then, (laughs) Like J.O. and Killarney, pretty comparable, dude. (laughs) I don't know. J.O. is kind of on another level, to be honest. Are you sure? I feel like it's not that bad, but I've never been there, so maybe that's why. When we were in grade 8, I think we were – our school was pretty bad, but – it yeah, got, I think our school was pretty better. bad, yeah. It got a lot better as we grew older. Yeah, I think once we hit like grade 10, 11 – ish like the, it, it got a lot better but yeah <laughs> when we were in grade eight, it was it was a uh, yeah. pretty sketch <laughs> okay well i think that that's a really good turning point i i kind of have a similar story where i came from john norquay where pretty much 90 to 95 percent of students went to windermere or gladstone and i decided to go to killarney but i i wanted to go to killarney mainly because when when i was in elementary school i was really close with people that were a grade ahead of me. And in that grade, a lot of my close friends actually went to Killarney. So Oh, so I, going to Killarney was more your choice? Yeah, I wanted to go to Killarney. And oh, wow. even though I, I pretty much had no friends that, that went with me that were my age, I think that I still wanted to go because one, I thought it was a better school than Gladstone and Windermere. And two, I actually lived in Burnaby so if I didn't go to Clarney, I would have had to go to like Burnaby North or Burnaby Central or something. So, so oh, I really, I really see. didn't want that. That I was trying <laughs> to avoid that at all costs. So yeah, it was a mixture of things, but that that definitely wasn't a turning point in my life. I think going to Clarney. Oh, I see. Yeah. So my next turning point actually comes in grade six. So in elementary school, I had a group of really close friends and the closest of them was a guy named Carl. Me and Carl were like literally joint at the hips tight. Like we did everything together. Okay. And I think this story really showed me that when you get to a certain point of friendship with someone, there's nothing either one of you can do that can really break that friendship. And I thought that even though this story might sound really dumb and it seems like just two kids playing around, in the moment, I, I thought that it it really exemplified how good of a friend he was and how strong our friendship was. And that like showed me moving forward in all the friends that I made that having close friends is so important and it's really important to cherish those friendships. So mm, interesting. I don't think I know this story. No, you don't. Okay. So, so what happened was at uh, Carl lived really close to John Norquay. So on some days we would, during lunchtime, we'd literally like sprint to his house to play a uh, rock band. Okay. So we'd play like rock band or something. Some days we'd even like play like fake WWE and do wrestling moves on each other. It, Yo, that's hilarious. Yeah. I remember doing that with one of my old friends too, where we just fake wrestle and shit. It's so yeah, funny. It, honestly, if you think about it now, like if I was an older brother and I saw my siblings do sibling do that, I'd be like, oh my God, like what is wrong with you? But anyways, like I, <laughs> back in the day, it was crazy cool. 
So th- there was this one day we we ran to his house and every day we we would literally wait till like there's three to five minutes left until the class until lunch break is over and then we'd book it back okay and oh damn yeah and on this day when when we left his house it started raining like really hard so we were running extra fast in order to get out of the rain and what happened was sometimes for whatever reason some doors are locked at my elementary school so there's a certain way you have to close the door to leave them unlocked but if you close them like one way they get locked and you can't open them okay and you you always get bamboozled because you you try to (laughs) you try to get in through one entrance the doors are locked and you have to walk like to to another all the way around Yeah. yeah so so we're we we're sprinting and then we hear the second bell and the second bell means that class is going to start. Right. And yeah. We, and this is an elementary school too. So you're freaking out. Right? Yeah. So, so we we're running across this gravel field and then like, we're literally running as fast as we can. We run to this door and then Carl's the first one to the door. Cause he's a really fast runner. And I'm, <laughs> I'm right. I'm right behind him. And then he opens the door and like, it's locked. So he, he opens it with like full strength. The doors don't open and then I run right into him and I literally like slam him into the door and his his head just hits the, the metal wiring on the door Oof. and chips his oh, tooth. So that sounds ch- like it hurts, man. Yeah, he chips his front tooth. And then when I saw that, like instantly, even as a kid, my heart, my heart sank. I was like, oh my God, this is Uh-oh, at the time I, I, I didn't know you could <laughs> fix teeth. And um, these days, you know, I, I've seen many people fix their fix their teeth. <clears throat> yeah <laughs> uh, but i thought this was permanent this is this is over right and then you're like oh fuck my friend yeah. just lost his tooth forever yeah and then he touched his tooth and then i thought our friendship was over i thought everything was done because the other two friends we, we were with they were like literally shocked and not saying anything i i oh. felt so bad because in a way to be completely honest completely transparent i did it like i did it as a joke right like i yeah. ran into him full speed as a joke because we're like running full speed i I don't i don't know what no honestly i think when you're a kid you're you're just retarded you're just you're just stupid and you just do stupid things yeah i did it thinking it would be funny to like slam him into the door because we just spent like the entire past hour doing like ray mysterio 619s on each other okay (laughs) you're still in the wrestling mindset yeah so anyways so then the very first thing he said was oh it's okay don't worry about it and then i don't know i just thought like like as a kid, I was pretty bad tempered and I would definitely get mad at people pretty easily. And for him to just react like that. And, and it wasn't just him saying it that one time, like he never blamed me for, for that. I don't know. I just thought that it it was a really, really large sign of, of friendship and forgiveness that when you're close enough with someone, you you can mess up really hard. And yeah, the power of friendship, you know, so that that was a turning point for me. Also, I think this Carl guy is a pretty good guy because I think if someone chipped my tooth, I'd be pretty mad even as a kid, dude. (laughs) Exactly. I would be pissed. I would be, I don't even know what I would do. I would be like really, really mad, but yeah, same. I think I would too. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. What's your next one? Mm, I think this one, we're going to kind of skip forward in times a lot. I think, uh, or actually not even that much. I think uh, my next one is basically uh, lifeguarding. So for those of you don't who don't know, I, I do lifeguard and I still lifeguard right now. Uh, I think this is a big turning point just because this job kind of kind of carried me through uh, university or it kind of gave me access to I'm not financial freedom, but like I was able to make my own money. So I didn't have to ask my parents 
uh, oh, can I have some money to go out and eat with my friends, blah, blah, you know what I mean? So it made me, being a lifeguard kind of made me feel more independent because I had my own source of income. I didn't have to rely on my parents. So I think that's one really big one. And I wouldn't be lifeguarding if it wasn't for my parents, right? They're the ones who kind of pushed me through all the courses. But uh, I think for me, I never kind of resisted. It was, they just told me, hey, you should be a lifeguard. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. I wasn't, I don't think I was too problematic when it came to this, but yeah, I really appreciate them for kind of pushing me through this because even now I'm still lifeguarding and uh, yeah, I like it a lot. Well, actually for as long as I've known you, you've been a lifeguard already. So I think that it, it pays pretty damn well. So yeah, is- honestly, I think if you were to want to find any kind of part-time job just, uh, just for you know, like uh, university or like throughout the end of your high school career, I think lifeguarding is one of the best ones, dude. It pays super well. And like, what is my job, dude? I'm basically making sure no one dies at the pool and teaching lessons. I'm basically, what it is, is I'm just having fun with kids in the water. It's it's so <laughs> chill, dude. Like, I'm like, I don't do much, right? Like, I, obviously I have to teach them how to swim and teach them how to not die in the water, but honestly, it's pretty chill. Way better than way better than having like a retail job or like working at McDonald's as your first job. Yeah, I, I definitely think that being a lifeguard is kind of part of your identity. A lot of people know that you're a lifeguard. And yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, my next turning point, this is by far the biggest turning point in my life. Like this, I think really, in retrospect, this turned my life around big time. So if, if I were to rank any of these or all the ter- turning points in my life, this would be number one as being like Ooh, the most number impactful. one. All right. So how can I even tell this story? In grade eight, I was a bad kid. A group. Okay, you guys got you, you got you got to let the audience know like how bad were you? Like give them like an example of like stuff you did. Okay, not that bad cuz in reality I was a wannabe bad kid, okay? So I want Oh, so you were one of those one of those kids that just kind of hung out with the bad kids so you can yeah. kind of be bad, right? I, so I did enough bad stuff to be accepted as a cool kid and that's hilarious. But, but not bad enough where I would actually do anything like extreme. Oh, I see. Okay. Cuz I didn't I didn't have the guts to do any anything <laughs> anything too crazy. But anyways, so so in grade eight, a lot of us, I'm not going to name any names, but a big group of us used to always go to the mall after school. Go oh, you guys mall. are a bunch of mall rats, huh? Yeah. And let me tell you, in grade eight, you don't have any money. So yeah, yeah. So what do you do at the mall if you don't have any money? Besides just stand around, okay? No, at first we were just standing around. And then we started shoplifting. But Ooh. but not 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 for a real purpose, okay? Just you just did for fun? Yeah, we did it honestly. I don't know how it started, but we, we started shoplifting from winners at first. And we thought it was super like it's exhilarating and fun and you're a kid, so you don't care, right? Yeah, I can see that when you're when you're just uh when you're just like a kid, you just do random stuff. Listen, I was 13 years old, so please, please, <laughs> please forgive me. Don't everybody's view of you just changed. Yep, like yep, a criminal. Please, please forgive me. Um, I, I I didn't do it for any malicious reasons. I I just wanted to fit in and be cool. Okay. Anyways, so actually. At first, I didn't do any of it. Uh, ironically, people would shoplift for me, so I'd go. In oh wow, there. you got you got your you got your pawns out there doing the dirty work for you. Yeah, huh? I'd be like, okay, <laughs> I like X, I like Y, and then they would go in and get it. Wow, completely, completely honest, but. There was this one day I skipped class with two of my friends. I'm not, I won't, I won't name any names, 
Yeah, no exposing. Yeah, this was near, this was around Valentine's Day. So we wanted to get some gifts for our girlfriends at the time. Okay. So it just so happened that our girlfriends were best friends. So we wanted to get them the same gift. Okay. I don't know why we didn't just buy them because we had, we all had money. But hey, instead, you can we, get it for free. <laughs> exactly. But that, 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 okay. Let, let me clarify something. That wasn't the mindset. This was not, not to save money. This was just like a bad habit. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, we didn't want to spend $10. We just like, oh, Let's go shoplift like some sort of hobby or something, right? So we go into London Drugs and we each steal Tamagotchis, okay? And this was the wow. present. And it went completely smoothly. Like we, we had this plan and everything and it was all good, okay? And we, we, we were, yeah, it was business as usual, okay? And then keep in mind, I've never stolen yet. Like I've never been the one that, that did the act. Okay. So then after that, we decide to go to, we go back to the mall. Okay. We, we stole those Tamagotchis from London drugs and we decide to go back to the mall for whatever reason. And we are walking through Zellers and I decide to try to steal a pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards <laughs> All for, right. for no reason. Okay. You just no, saw, you're like, I think I'll, I'll think I'll just take no this. reason. So this is my first time stealing, trying to steal something. Okay. So, so I go in, me and my friends grab like a pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards and we start walking out and then like two steps out of the store, this huge security guard, like grabs us by our backpacks. Cause we we're skipping class. We had our bag yeah. and like, they're like, you're coming with me. And they put us in the mall jail. And let me tell you, the, the mall jail is actually like a cage. Like, wait, I didn't even know Metro Town had a mall jail. Yeah, you're fuck? actually in a cell. Like, I like even to this day, I don't know where exactly they, they brought us, but it's like a cell with graffiti and stuff everywhere. It's actually crazy. Damn, actually, dude, that's crazy. Yeah. I didn't even know about this. It's actually crazy. And then in the cell, one of my friends is like crying. This guy's usually a tough guy. And he's just crying saying like, oh my God, my parents are going to kill me. I'm so sad. Like all this stuff. I'm just dead silent. Okay. I'm just sitting there like, straight face i don't even know what was going through my mind my parents come and pick me up and in the car it's well, when they come and pick me up they don't say anything to me they don't look at me they don't do anything i get in the car with them it's completely silent there's no music playing nothing and my dad the first thing he says is hey mike uh i think we're gonna go back to china oh damn yeah and instantly i just start like bawling i'm like i start apologizing i'm like sorry like and usually when when this happens my parents would either start yelling at me or start like calming me down right but this time yeah. they just don't say anything they don't care at all right so so, so we get home and i i'm like just crying and saying all this stuff saying i'm sorry and and everything they're not saying anything to me they don't care they're, they're just doing their own thing and I don't know. I thought I was done. I thought this was, I thought things were over. I thought your was life done. was over at that point, dude. On, honestly, it, it's such a disgrace and it must be so embarrassing for them because I, at that time I was still really, really poor and my parents, yeah. but my parents would give me as much money as they could really, because I think their number one fear was that I felt like I was poor and not as good as people at school. Oh, they, I, that, that makes sense. I can understand why they're upset because if they kind of raise you with the mindset 
uh, like even though you're poor, right? Like don't steal, don't whatever, and then you you stole something, right? I can see how that would. Hurt no, 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 not not even that. It, it's like it's not even that. No, 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 no. It, even though we were poor, they would try to give me as much as they could so that I felt equal to people that like had money or whatever, right? Oh, okay, yeah, that's a little bit different from what I said. Yeah, yeah. and because they they work so hard to give me all of this stuff. And I still decided to go steal with money in my pocket instead of spending it. I think they were yeah. just so embarrassed and disappointed. Like, oh, we, we tried so hard, to, but our son is still going to resort to doing this kind of stuff in order mm-hmm. to fit in. Like, I guess there's nothing we can do then, right? And that's yeah. probably how they felt. And I was so devastated. And I went to school the next day. Like my eyes were super puffy from crying the entire time. And I was in math class and I'm not gonna name the teacher, but he came up to me and he's like, hey, what's going on? So so I told him like a brief story mm-hmm. and he actually called my parents and he's like explaining to them that I was a good kid and kids make mistakes and all this stuff. And that, yeah. that was the turning point. Like this, this oh, entire wow. thing is the turning point, but that was a huge turning point for me because I was a shitty ass student. I, I pretty much did nothing in this class, but he was still like that. That showed me that one, I want to be a teacher someday and I still do. And two, that people are willing to go out of their way to do these really kind acts that honestly, he probably didn't think too much of it, but that changed my yeah. life completely. And dude, that's crazy. Whoever this teacher is, wow, what a bro, dude. This yeah. guy's such a and bro. And then my and then I went home and my parents like gave me a huge lecture, but I just sat there, listened to everything. And I'm not gonna say I was a good kid after that because I was still pretty bad. I still did some questionable stuff, but um yeah. Hey, after- at least you didn't get deported back to China, dude. <laughs> exactly. And let let me tell you, after that, it was the birth of Anonymous Five. Um, I'm not gonna reveal that story, but essentially what happened was yeah, we started turning things around and i think by the end of grade nine i don't think any of my friends uh did anything too crazy after that ah uh, so I, I i can see how this is a big turning point yeah that's that was that, a mighty fine story mike that's the end of that one all right so this next one kind of skips forward maybe like 2017 ish right uh so i would the, the i would say the, one of the big turning points of my life and it's still kind of ongoing is when I discovered cryptocurrencies. So I'm talking about stuff like uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't know how much you guys know about all that stuff, but uh, basically I kind of bought in around the time when uh, when it was almost at all-time high. So I think uh, I, I bought a lot when it was, not a lot, but I started investing when maybe Bitcoin was around on its way up to 20K. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Bitcoin uh, kind of, hit 20k sometime i think it was like december 2017 or like january 2018 it was something like that but then uh yeah it was literally one of the worst times to buy because right after that we experienced a huge crash went down like 80 90 percent of its value and the reason why i say this is a big turning point of my life is because okay so the reason why i started investing in the first place in cryptocurrency is because you hear all these stories of oh people getting rich they're getting super rich becoming millionaires and stuff i was like hey I kind of want a piece of that, right? But this was before I did any research. I didn't know Jack. So I'm just kind of going like balls deep into this thing without knowing anything. So I got burned pretty bad. But during the time that, you know, during the crash, that's what that was when I started uh, 
investing more time into learning more about the technology and stuff rather than caring about, you know, the dollars and all that stuff. And the reason why I think this is a big turning point in my life is because it kind of opened my eyes to like the financial world and stuff. So I started learning more about money, started learning more about the economy, started reading a couple different books about investing and kind of and that kind of stuff. And I, I, I can safely say that that has totally kind of altered the way I kind of view money and, and those kind of things. So now I'm a lot more kind of conscious on what I spend my money on trying to, you know, be more frugal so I can uh, have more money to kind of invest because uh, like this is one of the things that I feel like um, I feel like specifically with like Asian parents that are immigrants, they don't really talk about like investing your money that it's more kind of like, oh, go to university, find a good job, good, stable job, nine to five, you know, that kind of thing, right? But they never talk about like taking the money that you have and investing it and making that money work for you. So I feel like I'm still on this journey right now of kind of discovering this. And then uh, I think it's definitely a positive change in my life. I think almost 80 to 90% of what I know about cryptocurrency comes from Brandon. Ever since Brandon started learning about cryptocurrency, it's the first time that I've seen him actually passionate about something. Honestly, I'm just not a huge believer of crypto and investing in it or whatnot. I'm really happy that Brandon is into cryptocurrency because I've never seen him this passionate and it just makes me wow, happy that, thanks, he man. that he likes. <laughs> I'm not and, even kidding. And yeah, I honestly, like a lot of people out there are skeptical. They, you know, don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. I understand that, right? I, I, I was kind of in the same boat when I first started. But, you know, I think once you start to, you know, really try to learn more and try to educate yourself more about what it actually is and not what people say it is, then then it kind of opens up your mind a little bit. So I I really encourage people out there to, you know, just, you know, spend a little bit time, spend a little time and kind of learn about the technology. It's pretty interesting, to be honest. Yeah, I think that maybe Brandon doesn't even realize it himself. But ever since getting into crypto, I think it, it matured Brandon as a person because in order to be really dedicated and really learn about something, you really have to invest yourself, right? Like not just Mm -hmm. monetize. Not not just money, but time. I think before this, correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon, but like Brandon never put a lot of his time into one thing besides gaming. But, you know, like he, he never really focused his energy on anything in this way before. And I think that by doing so, on something like crypto, he's matured a lot. And yeah, honestly, I don't think you're wrong. I think that's pretty true. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty like wishy-washy. I'm like, eh, I could do this. I could do that. But I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm that kind of like guy who doesn't really like to commit fully to anything. So I think this, this was a good learning experience for me. If I found something that I, you know, I like and I, you know, invest my time into learning. So I think it was good for me. Yeah. All right. What you got, what you got next for us? Okay. So I really had to think hard about this one. This one seems really, really in hindsight, this is definitely a huge turning point in my life. But like when I was going through it, I I thought I was just going through the motion. But anyways, so one of my most notable experiences in high school was that I had a lot of great teachers, right? And one mm-hmm. of whom is was my English teacher who I've I had the same English teacher from grade eight to grade ten. And that's very rare because Oh really? Yeah. So I had the same I person. I'm not gonna say any names just just because yeah. but I had this English teacher and even when I was a really, really bad student, I remember I would always pay attention in her class and 
try my best because I thought that, I don't know, I just thought she was awesome. And I thought that we we had a real connection and she, she was able to to reach out to me even though I had all my walls up, right? So that that sounded a little bit sus. You guys had a real connection. Yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> say what you want, but yeah. Anyways, again, she's she's another teacher that that really built up like my love for learning and teaching. But that that's not yeah. what I'm here to talk about. The turning point was actually we we had an English project in our class, and back then in it was grade nine, and I didn't have any friends there weren't any cool kids in that class okay so i didn't have any of my like friends with me so i didn't have anyone to do this group project with and it required a lot of work so it wasn't something that you could just do alone right and yeah i remember i got put into a group with two of the smartest girls in our grade pretty much okay Ooh. and i and still to this day i still believe it's true two of the smartest girls in our grade and I was put into their group. And to be completely honest, I think like I was jokingly friends with them. You know, like I sat next to them maybe to like annoy them in class sometimes. But um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Being in a group with them and honestly, for some reason, just being in that group made me want to prove to because I knew deep down inside that I was smart and that. So, <laughs> yeah, you knew you had it within. Yeah. You, right? so, I, so being in that group project, it lasted, I think, one or two months. And that was the first time. Damn, that's a long ass project. Yeah, dude. That, that was the first time I really applied myself to a project. And honestly, after that, I think that's when my life really did just turn. So especially from an academic perspective, because I started trying in school and that had a really big ripple effect. So it made me try in a lot of my other classes, which then put me into a couple of honors classes in grade 10 in which I was surrounded by other like-minded individuals who were very- all the, all, the, all, the, all the smarty pants. Yeah, all the smarty pants. And I, I found that, wow, I could actually really relate to these people even more than those cool kids that I was hanging out with. Not saying those cool kids uh, weren't you smart. You found your true crew. You found your true crew. Not saying those cool kids weren't smart because many of them turned out to be, but- Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I just found that, okay, well, I could also relate to this other group of people. And ultimately that broke me and my girlfriend up at the time, which was like a really big event in my life because Yeah, in high school that that shit that shit's yeah, like so, it feels like the world. Yeah. <laughs> so me and that girl were dating for four years. We broke up and I was like, that was the when I broke up, that was me completely transforming from like a gangster wannabe kind of guy into a full on, okay, I'm gonna focus on getting into university, whatever. Mm-hmm. That, that had a huge ripple effect. And I thought that without that experience, I don't know when I would have actually applied myself to school. And it might have been too late by then, because if it wasn't in grade nine, then it wouldn't be then I wouldn't have gotten into the grade 10 honors classes. And if that didn't happen, then who knows when I would have started trying. And by that time, it might have been too late. Right. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Even to this day, I, I thank those two so much for believing in me and actually letting me do parts of the project and encouraging me and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I later found out that that teacher, there were random groups, but she purposely put me with those people in order to oh, develop really? my skills. 
because she thought that. Wow. Yeah. So I visited high school like a couple of years ago and we spoke and that's what she told me. So I thought that that is crazy. And that's definitely mm-hmm. a huge turning point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now that I think about it, no wonder why you have, you still have like a really good connection with a lot, of, a lot of the teachers from high school is because they all played a a big role into kind of shaping you into who you are today. Yeah. And ultimately like my end game is to be a professor. And um, I think that's pretty much it for me. I guess there, there is one that's kind of like in, in the works as well. Yeah. I guess it's a, the university thing. So I, uh, I went to, uh, after high school, I went to SFU. Right. But then, you know, you study? like uh, criminology, but yeah, I feel like, Man, I don't know if school is just not for me or if I'm just not studying the right subject. But yeah, t- I I just didn't like it, man. So I was in the program for maybe like two, three years, just kind of dicking around until I decided to, you know, take a take a break from it and then just uh, focus on just working for now and then figuring out what I want to do after. So I'm I'm still in the midst of that, right? Right now, I'm still on my uh, break from school. Don't know if I, I honestly, I don't know if I'll, I'll go back, but if I do go back, it's definitely going to be for me and something that I want to personally study because I feel like if I'm trying to go through school for, for somebody else, I just can't do it, dude. <laughs> I can't do it. Do you it's, think you I, went I to school in the first place for, to please your parents? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, um, I think it's just, it's just kind of one of those things where you're, you're just like, yeah, I'll, I'll just do it because, right? It's like the path of least resistance so that's that's basically what it was at uh at, at that time what made you believe that it wasn't for you i don't know man you're paying you're paying a lot of money to have someone stand in front of the classroom telling you about all this shit that you don't care about so it's that's pretty much what it was like a lot of times when i was sitting in lecture i was like why am i here <laughs> i don't care about this i don't want to i don't want to do anything uh you know like a uh, criminology related like what's the point like i kept i kept thinking that right mm-hmm. but i understand i understand the other aspect of you know like buckling down at least get a degree so that you have some credentials but at the same time i feel like it's a waste of time and money if you're not going to use it for its intended purpose to further your point e- even when i was studying things that i was interested in i still sometimes felt like i could just be learning this on my own and what's the point of being in this classroom right now and i think that mm-hmm. what really kept me motivated and in, like dedicated in school is just yeah from all my past experiences with all these teachers i had such a love for like the academic environment and just the Mm -hmm. relationship between like the student teacher relationship. I just really like the connection that like a teacher and a student share. Yeah. It's a really interesting relationship where the teacher has the ability to change a student's life, but only if the student wants to. And the Mm -hmm. biggest challenge for every teacher is to make the student want to change. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just find that like such an interesting dynamic and a never ending puzzle that I just really want to continue to work at. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think I, I kind I kind of know what you mean when you say like student teacher relationship, not on like that, like academic level, but because I teach swimming lessons, right? I kind of understand what you mean by, you know, trying to motivate kids uh, and, and like making sure that they're kind of doing the right thing yeah a little bit a little bit no yeah. no it, I, yeah it doesn't just have to be in an academic setting of course it's it's universal right so mm-hmm. yeah okay well 
I guess I should move on to my last turning point. So all right, let's hear it. I think that this last turning point is gonna sound crazy, but I got into my first serious relationship pretty much right after high school. And me and my ex-girlfriend dated for four years. So all throughout university. And when we broke up, I think my life changed drastically. Like I don't want, when I was going through it, I didn't want to admit it. And even now I like, I don't like admitting it, but let's be real. Like you and I both know you went through- Yeah, honestly, like you you can tell, yeah. yeah. You, <laughs> you can tell during that time that you were going through some shit. Yeah, no, but, and the effects are lasting. Like it really did just change my life. Yeah, I agree, yeah. So much of being in that relationship became who I was. So me being an adult, like all the things I was going through, I was used to going through it with her. And because we broke up, I feel like everything that I experienced from ages like 18, to 21 were a lie like none of it made, none of it made that much sense anymore and i wasn't happy with like anything that i was doing so i i just wanted to see the like make the biggest change possible in all aspects so just you to, try to do like a full 180 yeah right? so just to give you and like you and i both know that when i set my mind on something like it, it gets done no matter what <laughs> yeah yeah right? so before i broke up i i used to not care at all about food or anything like that like um i was super unhealthy never exercised always honestly no i don't i don't i don't i want to say that you were super unhealthy but like you 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 didn't really care about what you put into your body basically yeah yeah okay like to put this into perspective go on subtle asian traits and you look at all the bubble tea memes that was me okay like i would literally drink bubble tea like it was water and all this kind of stuff <laughs> really just focused on my relationship and my professional career. After I broke up, I felt like professional career, I, I had a whole different perspective on what that meant for me. I, I saw it way more as personal development rather than chasing prestige or whatever, which mm -hmm. because I, I think I was looking so much for like, what is the meaning of this? At first, I would be going for all these roles because I wanted people to look up to me and I thought that they were like prestigious and I wanted to be of like a high status or whatever. But after the breakup, I think that I was laser focused on like the meaning and exactly how is it going to help me develop as a person and all of that kind of stuff, which is exactly yeah. why I decided to take a job in Toronto because I thought mm -hmm. that it would make me so much more independent. I thought that it would allow me to really, really just focus on myself and my personal development rather than maybe like chasing money or chasing whatever, right? Yeah. So that was I think that's true for a lot of people, right? When they get out of a relationship, they just want to focus on themselves. Yeah. But you took it to like the next level. Yeah, because <laughs> that's just one aspect. The other aspect is... Like I started working out, like I looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, I used to play a lot of sports. I used to be really fit. Now I look like shit. So, you know, it's time to buckle down. And I lost like 25 pounds in a span of what, like a month and a half, which is not healthy. Yeah, that was quick, dude. I remember you slimmed down Nobody super should ever do that in your life. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to say anything I do is healthy or unhealthy or good or bad. But I did that. And honestly, like... Even after I kind of returned to a normal state, I still really care about a lot of these things. So I think that that breakup, while it was had nothing to do with me or her, it was like our relationship. It really had lasting impacts on me. And like, I'm just 
I'm not going to say I'm a better or worse person because of it, but I'm definitely a different person. And yeah, I think, I think definitely a lot of it is, is pretty positive, you know? Yeah. And, but now that I'm in Toronto, you know, definitely very homesick. Um, not going to say anything, but things are in the works and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see where we go from here. Yeah, We'll see where we go from here. So I think that I, I guess I'm not going through that turning point anymore because it it happened and this the is effects, the start of a new one. Yeah, the effects <laughs> are the effects are definitely noticeable. I wonder what the next thing's gonna be. Maybe when I finally meet the love of my life, we'll see. Yeah, wow, I guess that, we'll see. That was a lot of stories. That was actually. I can't believe we talked for like an hour. That's it's it's. I, uh, I nah, hope that, that, went I by hope pretty that quick, this actually. this story time was. Um, insightful and interesting for our listeners i mean yeah I, even if you didn't take anything away from it if you got a laugh out of it then i'm happy <laughs> i mean i learned a lot about brandon so the, like regardless it was worth it for me i thought it was interesting yeah i'd, I'd say worth for me too i learned a lot, a lot about you too yeah what are we going to talk about next week brandon mm, i don't know what are we going to talk about i think next week we're looking at talking about like our preferences with movies and music and yeah all that media jazz yeah, you know i don't know about. if our listeners know but i frequently do reviews on movies on my that's right my infamous instagram movie reviews and i do have a very I've watched a lot of movies. I'm always up to date on all things music. So I think that both of us can provide a really interesting perspective and maybe some really good recommendations that you guys can check out. Yes, that's going to be a lot of fun. Hope you guys stick around and tune in for that one. Yep. So this has been Mike. And Brandon. And we'll chat, chat soon. soon. Chat soon. Chat soon.